This episode of Wands World is brought to you by Bug Spray, because the bugs won't want to come near you, and neither will anyone else. <sighs> Alright, well I just want to start off this podcast, uh, episode number two of Wands World, by thanking everyone for listening to my first one. I'm at about 95 views right now. I haven't really checked the statistics of if they're full-length views. I'm at seven subscribers right now, and what is it, like two likes, one dislike? Yeah, so I'm at 50% on the likes, which, if if you're thinking about it, that's not too shabby. So anyway, um, I wanted to give it a little bit more time until my next analyzation of No Country for Old Men, just because I want to prepare for it a little bit more. I really haven't been able to a lot lately, because I've, I've uh, had some stuff going on. This weekend I was at a Bruno Mars concert in Denver. Performed Boys to Men, and let me tell you, I was in cries when I heard One Sweet Day. That's my favorite Boys to Men song of all time. Probably the one of the best songs of all time. If I had to put it down to it, I'd say the greatest song of all time is probably Wonderful World by Louis Armstrong or Stand By Me by Benny King. Uh, no particular reason, I just think they're really good songs. But anyway, it's been nice with uh, with school lately because uh, we recently just moved to a four-day week, so we're getting out at 3.45 every day. We go to school at 7.30, and it's been really nice getting those Fridays off. It feels like the week just flies by, especially with the fact it's a junior year. Classes aren't too hard because I'm lazy and I didn't want to take hard classes. And um, before I move on real quick, I just want to ask a certain someone to homecoming. So Catherine Fox, would you go to homecoming with me? And she'll probably say yes, because we already planned on going. We've been dating for two years, so hopefully she'll say yes. So with this episode, I just kind of wanted to jump into my stages of the writing process and how I've developed as a writer and my different takes and the different things I've done to prepare for my different projects that I've taken part in. So I've done, I've written two books so far. One of them is still in the editing process, which is terrible, and I'll get to that later. I currently have one book published, which is Scarred Hearts and Shattered Memories. It was it was okay. It was pretty short at 13,000? No, 25,000 words, I believe, which is about half the length of a normal book. And even then, 50,000 is somewhat of a short book. It's more of a, a young adult length. It's about average. So with Scarred Hearts and Shattered Memories, the idea for the book really came to me in one afternoon, just taking a shower. I had music playing, and uh, two songs inspired me through that, and that was Whiskey Lullaby by Brad Paisley and Spotless Mind by Dayseeker. Dayseeker's song, uh, Spotless Mind, was actually based on... Um, uh, Jim Carrey, Clementine of a Spotless Mind, I think. Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind, I'm sorry. And I still hadn't even seen the movie up to that point. My book is about two people who are running away from their past, and you don't really get a glimpse into what that is. And by the way, if you haven't read the book, I really encourage you to do so. It's for free on my website, wantsaucewriting.wordpress.com. I'm trying to save up to get the .wordpress off, but I've had a very busy couple of weeks. And I have not been able to get the money because I can't really work. I'm playing football and the money I do have, I'm always doing stuff or I'm always hungry because, yeah, I'm a little fat. The book is free on my website, so please go check it out. 
I was in the shower one day, and those two songs came up back to back, and it just gave me an idea. So I went downstairs, and I could not for the life of me find my computer to write it. So instead of using my computer, I went into a notebook I had. It was a five-subject green notebook, and I just started writing. I just I, I got ten pages done in one night, something I still don't even know how I did all by hand and I was up till I think one o'clock in the morning on a school night which I'm sure I regretted it the next day but it it laid a solid foundation for what I thought was just going to be like a short story I didn't expect anything more but I just kept writing I, I rarely told anyone about the project and it led into what it was it took me okay so the way I broke down the book it was in like three different oh, it's been a while since I've even looked at it but it's in three different parts. So the first two parts I got through pretty quickly. But then that last part, I couldn't think of what to do. It was I ended up taking like a month off just to think about it and it, it would to me it wasn't even the thought of a book. I just thought, Oh, I can I can write, like this is something I've always known I'd been able to do. Like I I I wouldn't say that I'm gifted towards it. I just feel like I'm I'm very good at writing down stories so eventually i i started writing it again in the ending if you have not read the book please i encourage you to do so before i tell you this because it'll kind of ruin the whole book the the whole thing the first part is really the last part and that's something i don't tell you you just have to infer it but the first part is the last part and the, the first part they both end up in accidents and they both end up what you think is in the hospital because in the second part they're in a hospital but it really is that they die in those accidents it's more of an inference because i don't necessarily say anything about what happens after they get to these accidents you think i do but i really don't so that's what the whole book is about it's really just the building to what I thought was an amazing ending. And I you know, I look at that book as a first try. It was the first time I'd ever written anything, you know, that big. And I wrote it all in a notebook. I wrote 25,000 words in a notebook, which, jeez. I don't even know how I did that to this day. I've tried, and I get tired after, like, four pages of writing. It's pretty ridiculous. I don't know why I decided to do that to myself. Um, there's definitely mistakes in that book that I missed. I edited the whole thing in like three nights. Looking back on that, that was a huge mistake. And we we live and we learn. It really opened my eyes to what happens when you neglect the editing stages of a book. And I think I definitely did that with this. So, you know, we we all learn. And I definitely took that into consideration as I continued writing and as I continued projects just always remember what you're putting out is what the world sees it's your final product that's the end that's that's the finish line once you put that out to the world you can't change it anymore and we're seeing that a lot through social media and all these things that once you put this thing out into the world it's there forever that goes for anything that's yeah james gunn knows a little too well about that He's definitely one of my favorite directors of this time. Scooby-Doo movie. Ever heard of it? I'm just kidding. That movie was okay. The CGI was really weird, though. 
Like, even when I was, like, five watching that movie, I thought so. And it was, like, this weird mix because you want to do the 60s, like, sex comedy, Revenge of the Nerd style almost. But the studio didn't allow that, of course, because it's Scooby-Doo. It's a kid's franchise. And so it ended up becoming this weird blend of whatever it was. And, yeah, that's, I don't know. That movie was weird. The guy who played Shaggy, though, I think he did a really good interpretation. Scrappy is the villain. Jeez, that movie was weird. Now that I think about it, when he's on the back of the, when they're on the back of the ATVs and Scooby looks back and sees the girl with their face all mangled. Key. That's just what goes through my head. It's, God, did he direct Scooby Doo too? God, what happened in that one? I I don't remember it well. I have to go watch, go on a Scooby Doo movie binge. But I don't even know if he directed that one. I'm not gonna watch a Scooby-Doo movie unless it's by a quality director. Then there was the Flintstones movie. That was weird. I mean, Moranis and um, John Goodman. There we go. That's not bad. That could have been a good comedy duo. Um, the Big Lebowski. He he wasn't really that funny in that one though. It was more of like a serious sort of ironic play on it. He was definitely good in Ten Cloverfield Lane. That movie was great. And Monsters Inc. He, he he was good. What else was he in recently? I'm trying to think. I know there was one movie recently that I really liked that he was in. Let's see. Not Jeff Goldblum. Why did I look up Jeff Goldblum? John Goodman. All right. I don't know why I got those confused. That's a really weird mix-up. Let's see. Argo. Flight. He's in The Incredibles, a video game. Roseanne. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, he's like one of the main characters in Roseanne. Kong. Voice in Transformers. I didn't realize how much he was actually in. Paranorman, Spongebob, The Campaign. I forgot about that movie with uh, Zach Galifianakis and Will Ferrell. It's not a bad comedy. B-movie? It was the B-movie. Leighton T. Montgomery? What? Was he a main character? I don't remember. Dane, Kathy Bates was in that movie? Larry, oh yeah, Larry King was B. Larry King. Ray Liotta? Oh my god. This might be one of the best voice actor ensembles of all time. Oprah Winfrey, Sting, Tom Papa, Jim Cummings. I should just have an episode of the podcast where I just talk about the B-movie. Maybe that could be the whole podcast. It's just me talking about the B-movie. I got a weird cult following for a while. Kind of like Shrek did, but I don't think it's as good as Shrek. That movie is legitimately good. Like, the CGI is a little iffy today just because the textures and things aren't really, weren't really the same. They're updated a lot. Dang, let's look at some other DreamWorks movies. There's Flushed Away. Oh, I forgot about this movie. Hugh Jackman was the main character and Kate Winslet. Ian McKellen. Andy Serkis. Dang. I remember I had the Flushed Away video game for my Game Boy. And when I was little, I would only buy movie merchandise games. So I really only played crappy video games as a child. That's why I'm not good at video games now is because I never had coordination practice when I was little. Because all I played was bad movie games, like Iron Man the movie game. I remember I had that on like two different systems. I had all the Spider-Man games. I got a WWE for a while, so I had most of those. And those were good up until like 2007 or 8. Because after that, they stopped adding all the cool matches you could do. I remember there was one in like 2006 on my PSP where you could play the nail matches. 
But anyway, so Flushed Away, that's another good one. Robots, I remember watching that. Over the Hedge, Open Season, Shark Tales, Chicken Run, The Curse of the Were-Rabbit. But anyway, yeah, so uh, back to editing. So the editing process is extremely important, and I didn't realize that until hindsight kicked in for my first book. And so when it's come around to editing my second book, I'm, I've been very cautious. You might call it lazy or procrastinating, but I've only edited about 110 pages first draft, not even second draft um, content-wise, just grammatically in about three months. And I told myself, I'd, oh, I'll, I'll have it done by August. August, I'll have all this done, you know. I'll be in my second draft phase by the time I hit September. It'll all be good, but nope. I still got about 130 more pages to go of editing. And so I have been procrastinating that lately, but I've finally kind of gotten to it and gotten to a rhythm of doing it because the way I see it is if you can do something two days in a row, then you can keep doing it. Two days is good. The first day you do it, it doesn't even count because, you know, it could be a one-off thing that you just felt like doing. But if you do something twice in a row, then that means you can do it. You're like, okay, I, I got a rhythm going. I can do this. But with the second book, I definitely feel like it it's going to be a lot better. Um, I want to do everything I can to make it that. And the fact that I'm probably going to self-publish this one again, I definitely want to make it right because I don't want to make it look self-published because... I haven't read a lot of self-published books, but I guarantee that's one of the number one things that happens is they don't look professional. Uh, you can go through a publisher and all that and make it look professional, but I don't see any reason to go through a publisher. If they can give me $5,000 on a advance, then I can do whatever it takes to get the, that $5,000 plus more through the book. And I feel like it's a the challenge that I really want to take on is trying to find my own way through it. The podcast, it'll open up a lot of opportunity for me to do other things and vice versa. Then I want to get into public speaking. I, I could do good with public speaking. I feel like I do have a message. The quality of what I'm doing might be arguable, but the fact that I'm doing it, I think counts for something. I, I am working my hardest to make these things the best I can, and I'm going to do whatever it takes to keep myself going no matter what. And I'm working on a lot of things right now, so I just got to keep trucking along. But I definitely think I have a message in that, and I can speak to young people. Yeah, public speaking, just writing, TV shows, movies, books, comic books. I'll do whatever it takes. Uh, I just enjoy writing. I just want to tell stories. I want people to have fun with the stories. And my, my one goal in life is to make someone cry with a story. I feel like if I can make someone cry, then that's a good storyteller. But then again, there's guys who like Tarantino who don't have to make you cry because you're just sucked in. There's a lot of good filmmakers who don't need that, but I think it would be a cool thing. I don't know why. I also do some poetry, songwriting. I want to get into directing. I think directing would be kind of fun. I want to be like a cool director. Like uh, in Talladega Nights when... Will Ferrell's talking about, he just quit the race, and so he's like, hey, I, I want I want to be like a crack dealer, but I, I want to be like a nice crack dealer, you know, like, hey, you want some crack? I want to be that kind of director, just be like, hey, want to act? You want to say this line instead, or do it this way? I don't know. I feel like I'll go two ways. I'll be, like, too cool, and it'll just suck, 
or I'll be like Stanley Kubrick, do every thousand times because I'm not content with it. The second way would make a better movie or TV show or whatever it is I'm directing. So I'd prefer if I went the second way, but you never know. Things happen. Maybe I could be like a mix of both. That'd be nice. Just a mix. Just like a really good director who's like cool. Like he'll take you for pizza, but he'll make you like do a lot of work on the side. No, on the side. That sounded wrong. That'll be it for this episode of Juan's World. I hope you guys had... Had some fun just listening to my voice. A little bit more of a chill podcast, this one. Uh, Didn't really get into many topical things, but probably do a couple episodes like this every once in a while, you know. Just not to get the brain juices out. Alright, well, thank you for listening if you've gotten this far. Uh, I really appreciate it. And goodbye.